there's moments like that where you have to make that decision. Uh, and that's like one of the mantras on the hats that we sell is dismantle your wall. Um, because there's, there's points where you reach these, these walls. So I hit that wall and every step past that bricks just started falling, you know, and it really opened my mind to what a person is actually capable of doing, even under, you know, great fatigue and distress. Um, but it was, it was not, not easy and it was not fun. You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, happy weekend, my friends. I hope you are doing great. Um, Yeah, I didn't have a midweek motivation come out this week. It has been a crazy week on my end. Lots going on, but you know what? Life is good. Life is good. So, uh, real quick, man, before we get started, we got a great show for you today. Um, great conversation. Uh, I'll introduce the guests in just a second, but before we get started, I just need to tell you, you've got to check out the Outlaw Race Series. Go to outlaw100.com. The Outlaw Race Series includes the Flat Rock Triple Crown, the Lake McMurtry Run, the Flower Moon um, Race, Dark and Dirty that just happened recently. Man, these are all great trail runs put on by by great ultra runners, very experienced people, and uh, man, they will take care of you. So if you want to race in southern Kansas, which which hint, hint, it's it's not flat, all right? It's, it's really rocky. It's crazy. It's it's pretty awesome. Or in Oklahoma, hint, hint, it's not flat either because the Outlaw 100 is gnarly. I've got to do that race. Hopefully, I can do it in February, but it's it's on my anniversary weekend usually. Anyway, I'm going to figure out how to do it, Jeremy. I'm going to figure it out if my wife will let me. Um, so check out the Outlaw Race Series. Go to outlaw100.com and also check out t8.run. That's the letter T, the number eight, dot run. Gear for ultra runners, by ultra runners, and their flagship product, man, the Commando Shorts. They're guaranteed to keep your, I don't know, shorts area uh, chafe free. So check that out. You want a discount, go to 50-run the riot, uh, for a discount. Uh, that's a good discount code. Check that out. So 50-run the riot at t8.run. They've got some other products there. Some, um, uh, they call them Sherpa sharks that you can put a bunch of stuff in and, uh, it's all comfortable, good stuff, good quality stuff. So check that out. Um, also, um, if you're interested in Patreon and supporting, partnering with the podcast, that's hard to say, partner with the podcast with Patreon. Yeah. If you want to partner with the podcast for Patreon, whatever, just go to, uh, Go to www.runtheriot.run and uh, click on that Patreon link and, you know, a couple bucks a month, uh, it'll help. You know, I love what I'm doing, so whatever. Uh, but if you want to partner, you want to help out, man, I'd, I'd love it and defray some of the costs of the of the uh, website and the, the storage and all that fun stuff. All right, enough of that. Enough of that. Today, we've got George Callahan. You say, who's George Callahan? Well, he's the guy, if, I don't know, some of you, a lot of you have probably seen the wicked trail running uh, apparel the, the, on, the, on social media, especially on Instagram. They're always posting some cool sayings about comfort is a lie and, and go farther so you can go further. He's got a great blog where he fleshes a bunch of these things out. He's the man behind it. Uh, George Callahan. And so, uh, man, I, I, interesting guy. I've been wanting to talk to him. Uh, and uh, we got together and uh, we had a great chat. Now, listen, there's a little bit of 
It was weird, man. He was having bad weather. I was, and we were having a little bit of connectivity issues. And I don't think it comes out a whole lot in the recording, but there were times when we couldn't hear each other. And so if my reply doesn't fit what he's saying or vice versa uh, a couple of times, man, just forgive us. Uh, we're not stupid men. Um, it's just we were dealing with some connectivity issues. But uh, but anyway, we had a great conversation. Uh, I enjoyed it, and uh, I'm sure I'll end up talking with him again and uh, doing some things with him again but uh, ladies and gentlemen check out George Callahan All right, uh, today on the Run the Riot podcast, as you've heard, we have George Callahan, Mr. Wicked Trail Running himself. And uh, so, George, good to have you on, man. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, inviting me on. I'm excited. It's my first hey. podcast. Nice, man. Well, I'm glad to have you on and uh, been enjoying watching the stuff you've put out uh, personally and, and through uh, uh, Wicked Trail Running. And so uh, I, I wanted to get to know you a little bit more. Uh, I picked up bits and pieces along the way. Um, and but, you know, w- w- some of the things you put out are pretty deep, pretty good I mean, really good. And so I, I, I don't know, just wanted to kind of learn about you and how you got to where you are, man. So so first of all, I know you're I know you're uh, an hour ahead of me. So uh, wh- wh- where do you live? Where you where you I'm, at? I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh, okay, okay. I just saw a picture from North Carolina of just beautiful mountains and trails and stuff uh, this morning. Yeah, Raleigh, Raleigh's kind of nice because it's in between the mountains and the ocean. Um, so it's about two two three hours each way. Um, so mountains are west, oceans east. Uh, but yeah, I love North Carolina. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. So. Oh. It's nicer weather. There's no mountains in Ohio. Um, so it's, uh, I love living here. Nice. Nice. Uh, how, how long have you been there? Uh, like seven years. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, well, you know, obviously this is a, you know, ultra running podcast and, and you, you run the long distances, but, uh, have, before you started running the long distances, man, what, you know, what did you do? Did you do any other athletics growing up or I, I played football and baseball. Um, I mean, I wasn't like great. I was never really super athletic um, growing up. I I stayed involved in stuff like that, but not at any like competitive or extraordinary level. Um, but after high school, I was uh, I was going to join the military, so I started getting in good like pretty good shape for that, running a lot. Um, but tore a ligament in my knee and kind of put the military on the back burner. Opted to have surgery um, and through through my experiences with uh trying to get into the military i came across uh, david goggins of course yeah and uh i listened to a podcast of his with rich roll and he said he mentioned how when he talks about bad water to people he would um they would say to him you know i would love to do bad water someday and his answer was always why haven't you done it yet so <laughs> So I listened to that, and the next day I signed up for a 50-mile race. I just wanted to <laughs> see what it was all about, um, and that's how I kind of got into ultra running. I was always, like, outdoorsy, athletic, but never, never like, a good runner. I'm still not really a good runner, but I like doing it. Well, what, okay, so were you running at the time when you listened to Goggins? I mean, were you yeah, doing some my runs? Longest, my longest run at that point had been 10 miles. Um, I hadn't done 10 miles in a while, but I was doing, like, 10 miles was a pretty normal that was like my longest run. 
Gotcha. And yeah. you signed up for a 50 miler. How long out was the 50 miler? It was uh, probably like six to eight months. Okay, so you had you had some time. You yeah. went, went like next week or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, before that, so you just did ten miles. You hadn't even done a marathon or anything like that. Then. No, I no, I'd never done a real race. Uh, never uh, done over ten miles. That was the longest. So you okay? So your fifty miler was your first race. So after I signed up for the fifty, okay, okay. my friend was like, "Hey, you're already doing a fifty to run a marathon with me." So I signed up. I kind of regretted it because I wanted my first one to be the fifty, but I did a marathon before it. That's that. That's pretty. Hey, my my first race was a, ma- a marathon too, and I started running after tearing a ligament. I tore my ACL and have it had surgery, and so that's why I started running to rehab it. So anyway, I that's heard kinda- you. I heard you mention that. I listened to your last podcast with the Marine guy, and uh, I heard you yeah. mention that. I was like, oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, so it was your ACL too? No, so it was okay. a uh, – I had a uh, – it was just like a minor meniscus thing, but just okay. like it was painful for a long time. Yeah. 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 Uh, that, that, that's cool, man. So, so wow, you ju- you really jumped in with both feet. I think Goggins is inspiring a lot of people to, 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 to just – Yeah, I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but, I mean, it worked out well for me. <laughs> Well, when you read about him, uh, you know, running on broken feet, you know, just, Crazy. just, yeah, yeah, he's something. Well, um, here's a little tidbit. I, I just realized, you know, he did, he attempted Moab last year. He's, he's signed up for Moab this year. And I'm still in for it. So, uh, it's not canceled yet, is it? It's, it's not canceled. Uh, that, that's, I hung on to that one because uh, they're already doing races in Moab, nice. so I didn't defer it. And so I might get to run with God. Or I might get that's to sweet. Might get to chase Goggins. I don't know. <laughs> Might not see him. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, wow. So, how? What was it like? All right. Your your, your first um, fifty miler. I mean, how did you tell I, me about it? I I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. It was rough. I uh, I mean, I was wearing, and this is nothing against like, I well, for my for so for my marathon, I was uh, I got. I wear like an 11 shoe. I was wearing a 10 and a half. So not crazy small, but my shoes were a little too small. Again, not extreme, but after my marathon, which was two weeks before the 50, my toenails were just ravaged. It was my first like run. It was probably my first run over 20 miles. Yeah. Um, and my feet were like destroyed. Um, so for the 50, they were already in bad shape. Oh man. And the 50, um, it was in April. So it was, I mean, it wasn't cold, but it was like 40 degrees and raining the whole time. I I had never worn a proper rain jacket, so I didn't have a rain jacket. I was wearing, you know, I, I brought like five pairs of shoes, not really knowing what was going to happen with my feet. It was, uh, I, I ended up, uh, so it was a, it was a 12 and a half mile loop course. So okay. I was doing that four times. And, uh, so it was like late afternoon by the time I was on my last lap. Um, there's, like two two aid stations so it's i mean pretty pretty spaced out um and i was so cold that i peed on my hands like three times <laughs> it was like i didn't have a rain jacket and this is in like a like a state park in raleigh so it's not like isolated yeah. uh, but it was so i was so cold and i didn't have a rain jacket it was raining it was 40 degrees i was peeing on my hands i was i was like i was too cold um i was like too cold to run but too hurt to walk it was a really weird it was it was crazy man it was it was tough but it was fun i enjoyed it obviously you enjoyed it you enjoyed yeah. it peeing on your hands <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> you're the first guy I heard of that peed on his hands to keep him warm. That's yeah. legit, man. That's commitment. Like three times. Wow. So was it was it uh it was in a state park? Was it trails or was it? Um, it was like bridal uh, trail, like crushed gravel. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So so not too not too gnarly, but not not concrete or anything like oh, that. Oh yeah, no. Nice. nice. So did you, I mean, besides the, the, the cold and, and all that, did you, um, did you hit any like pretty good lows on it? I mean, just mentally, uh, I would say like during that race, not anything that I remember. I remember, um, I mean, it was my first, I have done, I've done like endurance challenges before and like the marathon, but that was like the first time where I was like, you know, this is, this is really hard, but I don't remember ever like mentally being out of it. Um, I, that, I think that's I was pretty, pretty positive the whole time, which was cool. I, I was taking my time. I didn't rush. You know, I just – I didn't know what to expect, so I just kind of went into it with an open open mind and just kind of roll with the punches. That That's pretty good, man, because, I mean, especially being your first ultra, second race, and um, just, just – I mean, because I, I have – just about every ultra I've done, at some point in time, I, I hit the, you know – this is stupid. <laughs> yeah. know, it hurts. Um, well, I, um, and it being I, a loop, man. Uh, yeah, loops are tough. But I would say, so I guess the last lap, and I was that cold, and I had I had changed my shirt. Again, I didn't have a rain jacket, so I was just drenched through with, like, polyester. And I had changed my shirt and accidentally wiped the body glide off my nipples. So my nipples were bleeding as I was peeing on my hands. So, I, <laughs> like, physically, I was really not – I was really uncomfortable. Um but I didn't take hand warmers because I knew the, there were 100-mile runners that were going to keep going through the night, and it was just going to get colder. And so that's the Umstead 100. It had, like, a really high drop rate that oh, yeah. Um, So I didn't take hand warmers because I was like, I don't – like, you, you don't deserve hand warmers. You're just out here doing 50, and they're doing 100. Um, so I would say that last lab, just, like, the the nipples bleeding, the peeing on the hands was uh, – that was tough. Yeah. Did you, uh, how, okay, here's the, how soon after that did you sign up for your next one? I signed up for a hundred, uh, two, 10 days after that. I think it was like 10 days. 10 days after. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 And in you, the, you, you drank the, yeah, I was drinking the Kool-Aid and in the, yeah. <laughs> in the six weeks and that hundred. So that race, so the 50 was in April and the hundred was the last week of July. So it was a pretty quick turnaround. Um, wow. And in the six weeks leading up to that 100-mile race, I only ran seven times because I was injured. So I only ran th- – in the six weeks leading up to the 100, I only ran 35 miles um, total because um, I had some Achilles discomfort. And I, I decided to show up uh, very stretched with a lot of lunges under my belt. Um, but that was probably one of the more foolish <laughs> – things I've done to show up for that race. I was, I was scared. Um, people would ask me about my preparation and how I was feeling. And I just, I wouldn't talk about it because I knew if I said, if I spoke out loud that I had only run, you know, five times leading up to it, that it wasn't gonna, or seven times. I ran seven times and none of those runs were over five miles. Gotcha. What, what, so yeah. So what, 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 what race was that, uh, that you, that you did, you know, with minimal yeah. preparation that was uh that was the burning river 100 in uh, cleveland ohio i'm from cleveland so i wanted to do it up there and uh all that right was, that is that one is that paved it was like it was probably like 50 50 trail paved okay okay so 
So, so you had six weeks, you got a little running in, you got some stretching in and some lunges and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, tell me, tell me about the burning river 100. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was hell. It was, uh, it was, was it glorious hell? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was actually the, the hardest thing I've ever done. And I think ever will do, um, again, only running 35 miles in the six weeks leading up to it. And never running, having run that distance before. I mean, run is a pretty, uh, pretty lenient term. Um, the first, again, I took it easy, roll with the punches, uh, you know, just kind of play by ear. The first 50 miles took me like, I think it was 11 hours, 47 minutes. So like yeah. pretty chill pace. Um, and then the second half took me uh, over 18 hours. So it was, uh, wow. it was hard. It was, I mean, I can't, it's, I mean, you know, because you've, you've done these things, but it's, it's really hard to explain like just how difficult that was. Um, and I think, so I DNF'd my second hundred mile race. I think that's why, because I knew what was going to happen after mile 70. I knew where you had to go to get through something like that. Um, but yeah, so second half, so first half went, you know, pretty cool. Um, I was still. I had like five pairs of shoes that just like, I didn't, I didn't, I wear, I wear ultras down with big ultra guy and I was wearing like Brooks and my toenails were just getting like messed up. And so I wore like the Brooks glycerin for my first hundred mile race, which I mean, you don't hear that's not, it's not a bad shoe, but that's not something that you see a lot at those races. Um, so, so you said you wear ultra now and, uh, what were you, you were wearing you on your first one, you wore Brooks glycerin. Yeah, so I, I'm a big ultra guy now, um, but on my first good welcome, welcome. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love them, man. The Escalante, it's my go-to. But my first hundred miler, I was wearing like a Brooks Glycerin. Um, again, not like a bad shoe, but you don't see those a lot at those races. Um, so my feet yeah. were like compared to what they were now, they were getting torn up. And at mile 66, I mean, I was like, I left mile 50, I was feeling pretty good. Um, mile 66 my mom was crewing for me i texted her and i said it was it was gonna be uh slow rolling um that i was you know i was starting to fall apart a little bit and it was just a huge understatement uh i i went to the bathroom i think at mile 66 just sat in the porta potty for a few minutes and got out and it just uh when the sun went down it, it fell apart really hard um I ended up like picking up a big stick to walk with because like going downhill my my hip flexors were just getting torched oh man going uphill yeah i mean it was it was hell um i mean based on my training and my preparation that's that's pretty much fit the bill for what i should have expected um yeah i didn't know what to expect of course because i hadn't done it before but it was tough um i got to so there was a they have a they had a pretty good tracking system and uh, i had my phone with me the whole time so i would get uh texts about my kind of expected finish time and there was a 30 hour cutoff so every every like 10 miles or so i'm getting these texts about like my expected finish time and it gets closer to that 30 hour mark and uh i mean i was in a lot of pain i was a lot of pain um i had a 
my girlfriend paced me for like 16 miles and we'd only been dating for like three months so she got to see some oh man or break up with you after that <laughs> oh, we're, oh we're still together <laughs> okay all right that's good that's good <laughs> yeah. so she paced me for like six hours over a 16 mile stretch which is just like painfully slow and uh and then i got to mile 92 and uh i mean it was pretty much you know the aid station was getting ready to close and my projected time had been pushed back past the cutoff and they pretty much said, you know, you're not going to make it. Um, oh man. But, uh, I had my friend there with me and he's not a runner and he, uh, he's like, let's go. We gotta get it done. And we, we ran the last like 12 miles and I made it, uh, seven minutes before the cutoff. Dude, and, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was, it wasn't, but it was when I finished. I, <laughs> I got really sick when I finished, man. I fell asleep in the parking lot in, like, the beating, like, 11 a.m. sun and just woke up, like, super sick. And there were nurses there that had, like, helped me inside. And it was, oh, my. But it was just, all Just carnage. <laughs> carnage. Yeah, it was no good. But at mile, that mile 92 mark was really a, a monumental moment for me as a person, I think. Um, mm. And I, you know, I've still failed since then. I did DNF my second hundred miler, but to, to realize that, you know, and this is going back to David Goggins, you know, when you think you're done, you've only used, you know, what does he say? 20 or 40%. Yeah. And I mean, we ran, we ran 12 miles. I was 90, 92 miles in. So I guess it was actually like, it was 11 miles or so. Um, cause it was like a 103 mile race, but yeah, we ran that last part where, I mean, if you would have looked at me, you would have said, there's no way, you know, he's like, he's dead. Um, but there's moments like that where you can, you know, make a decision. And luckily I had a good crew with me where they, they didn't ask. They just said, let's go, let's get it done. Um, but there's moments like that where you have to make that decision. Uh, and that's like one of the mantras on the hats that we sell is dismantle your wall. Um, because there's, there's points where you reach these, these walls and that's where like mile 92 for me was a wall you know you want to talk about hitting a wall i i rolled into that aid station just ready to be done i wanted them to say you're done you know i wanted them to say we're closed you didn't make it you know get a ride to the finish line or something i was waiting for that um yeah but so i hit that wall and every step past that bricks just started falling you know and it really opened my mind to what a person is actually capable of doing even under, you know, great fatigue and distress. Um, but it was, it was not, not easy and it was not fun. <laughs> you sounds like, like, like a, a lot of ultra or you learned a lot about, about George that day. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So, so take me, so you did, how long did it take you to recover from that? <laughs> Weeks, man. I had to get <laughs> toenail surgeries and <laughs> are you serious you had to have some cutting done man yeah i had to oh have some, wow yeah i uh i mean they were messed up from the marathon you know only for only three months before that um so just not having that foot shaped toe box i guess but uh <laughs> so they were already they were already messed up and that just like pushed them over the edge uh i mean i would say i probably couldn't walk right for like 10 days. Um, and again, that's mostly because of the training. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. I had to have some toenails removed. Unfortunately, that was painful. 
Wow. Yeah. I've been pretty, yeah, I'm pretty fortunate. I've only lost a, a few over the years and, um, I've been in outro a long time, so I'll just say that, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'll throw that out there. We're not, but, we're not um, for this. <laughs> no, no, not paying for this. Uh, I am on the, the, the red team, uh, the, the ambassador team, but, uh, yeah, I saw that. yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, so, so you, you, you got through that one and then, um, you went through all the pain and suffering, you know, have your toes cut on, um, and you sign up for another one. <laughs> so, yeah. So my next race was a 50 miler. Okay. Um, and that one was a, that was a road race on the beach or not on the beach, but like on uh, like coastal roads in North Carolina. So it was a point to point, uh, okay. road race. And I wanted to do that one because it was a small field and I wanted to win a race. And I did. Yeah. I came in first on that one. Um, oh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. It was super exciting. Um, I mean, it was a, like, I'm not a great runner. It was a, it was a pretty winnable race. Um, there were some good athletes there, but it was a small field and, you know, a smaller race. Um, so I got like eight, eight hours, 21 minutes for that. I was really nice. proud of that. Um, yeah. and I was feeling good after that. Cause I was like, you know, you're, that's a fast, that's a relatively fast 50 miler, mm-hmm. um, for where you were, you know, two years ago. So keep doing that. But the problem was that I stacked five races in four months right after that. So yeah, I just deteriorated and that, that deterioration led to a, a DNF for my next hundred. Yeah. It, it's one of those things, man. It's the, it, it's hard uh, it, while you're finding your limits, you know, uh, and, and, you know, recovery is important, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know that, you know that now <laughs> yeah. and, but that's part of it. But as you, you know, sometimes as you, as you grow in, in ultras and run more of them, I, you know, I found that I don't need as much recovery sometime, you know, it just, it depends, you know? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, it, but it's, it's, man, you see all the races and you just want to run them all. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 And, uh, so, so one month after that road 50 that I won, I did a mountain 50 and that I it was another one like chasing cutoffs cause it snowed and it was just, it was rough. Um, yeah. So that one took like four hours more than the road one did. And then one month after that, that mountain one was the Umstead 100. And in between those two, I only ran, I think, like 20 miles. (laughs) Maybe not even. (laughs) Because I was so hurt. I mean, I wasn't like hurt, but I was like trying to recover. And I didn't know what I was doing. So it was a mistake. And I I dropped at mile 70 at Umstead. Um, Oh, man. Yeah, that was tough. But uh, learned a lot from it. Yeah, I probably, I probably learned more dropping than I did uh, finishing Burning River. Maybe I don't know. Well, so so that drop at at mile seventy. What do you think? Um, was it was it mental or was it physical? It was mental. I mean, <laughs> it was physical, but that just means it's mental, you know. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know if I believe in that. Unless I mean, I'm not someone who's going to risk my life for that. I don't think. Um, but. Yeah generally i think if it's physical it's mental um so i mean i i had i I lost focus and i think part of that was stacking races um but you know it started the night before i i ate way too much i was hanging out with my crew socializing and just like stuffed myself and that was just like Mm. that kind of set the tone for not being focused on what i wanted because that's you know you can't you can't screw around with those distances and when you when you take your mind off them the night before with something so simple as, you know, nutrition and eating, 
um, it can devastate you. And I was really sick during that race because of my nutrition the night before. I mean, I ate a lot. I, you know, I can say that and you can imagine, but like I ate a ton and I don't know why. And I can't, you know, I do know why, because we had dinner and then I'm big on like nutritional, like smoothies and stuff. So I tried to put a smoothie on top of the food because I forgot to take it earlier in the day. Oh, and then, and then I'm big on like cold, I'm big on like cold pressed juice. So then I tried to drink two things of cold pressed juice and I didn't, I didn't go to the bathroom from dinner until like mile six at the Umstead 100 and I was sprinting to the bathroom. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, it's funny, but like you look at that and you say, well, you, you know, I wasn't ready to, to run that hundred mile race because I wasn't focused, you know, I got distracted by the social kind of atmosphere mm. of that pre-race dinner and it uh it got away from me and that you know that carried over to the race so i think that's like a something massive i learned is that when you're looking at something like that it's not it's not you know they're not they are fun but they're not fun you know there's a point where those races aren't fun and if you're not prepared for that mentally then you're going to fail um or you're gonna or you're gonna learn a lot (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah I, i failed on that one but i did learn a lot too yeah, I, you know it's it's crazy because I've had you know you know I've, I I did a few and 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 I I I can honestly say I've, I've DNF I, I DNF um one where I, I I tore a calf muscle and I could I you know I'm sure I could have finished it physically yeah. but I didn't want to injure myself permanently because I wanted right. to keep racing you know so it was that so decision that, yeah, I, I, I guess, made I guess yeah there is physical yeah <laughs> right right but. But I want to say this, though, I've DNF'd where, like, I know thing, but uh, to be honest that, you know, I didn't, I didn't want, you know, I was done. I was right. mentally, I was tired, I was tired of hurting a tarda and, and, right. and I DNF'd and, and, and I learned from that. Like, I, but I think it was partially because I took it for granted, you know, and you just said, what you just said is, man, if everybody, anybody listening needs to hear something, it's, it's, you know, you've got to be focused for these distances. Yeah. It's. You know, and once you uh, you take it for granted and think, ah, I'm just going to get out, ah, I'm doing another hundred. Yeah, that's when it'll bite, bite your butt, man. Right. And you end up going home without a buckle. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, I think, too, just getting to 70 and remembering what mile 70 at Burning River meant and like where I had to go after that. Like I wasn't and not being focused, like you put those two things in a room and they don't get along, you know, a lack of focus <laughs> yeah. and just knowing, you know, what's ahead. Cause I mean, those races aren't fun after 70, you know, and they're not supposed to be. And maybe for some people they are, you know, um, but when it's only your second one and you know, you're just, you're rushing through all these races, you're setting yourself up for a, uh, a pretty poor experience. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but no, it was, it, I mean, it was awesome. It was a great experience. I, uh, I learned a lot at that one too, just about, you know, um, taking ownership of things like that and being able to, uh, come back. Cause it dropping from one of those races, it's, it's, it's a horrifying experience. You know, it's, uh, you know, I was, I don't want to say I was depressed, but I was in a pretty bad shape for a couple of weeks after that. Just like questioning everything. <laughs> yeah why do we do this you right. know? <laughs> yeah. yeah well and, you, and, and it's and you know you have money invested you have time invested you have i mean the training the physical you know all that you invest in to to do that you know and then and then you know when you have to or when you've dnf you know when you call it quits man it's kind of it'll mess with you you know the the second you do it you know it is a relief and then a regret you know it's like <laughs> yeah and I, yeah. I woke up the next day and uh 
and I like I had trouble getting out of bed and they were like, well, you didn't even finish. I was like, all right, I still ran, you know, 70 miles. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that's good friends there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. My man. sister texted me the next day and she's like going out for my three mile run and I'm not going to DNF. And I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> to hold you accountable with some humor no exactly man exactly and that that's you know people that people that see potential in you and and um you know that push you and uh, even when you sometimes don't want to push yourself you know i've talked to a lot of people who in a race and and their friends around them say just the right thing to help to give them that mental strength you know to draw upon to keep going so um yeah, it's good to surround yourself with good people, man. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, so you, uh, you, you, crazy thing is, oh, hey, you there? Yeah, hold on, I think I lost you. Start that over. Oh, it said can it said connection lost for a second. I'm back. We got bad connection today, man. I don't know yeah, what's going. I on. I hope it's not me. I'm sorry if it is. <laughs> yeah, it's usually pretty good. With we're both having bad weather, so so who knows, man? Oh, it's no true. no big deal. We'll. I can edit some of that stuff out. Okay, so so you 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 DNF that one. You you struggled during your your first one. Well, it's you know, I mean, you all the races are tough, but it's it's cool when you when you when you go through these things and you struggle, and uh, like and you probably learn that from your you know your fifty milers. It it just it's all that much sweeter when when everything kind of goes according to plan, you know, and yeah. and um. Even even the pain is like okay I'm here I'm I'm, I'm I, I was waiting for you all right let's let's just push through it so um, yeah so you know you've you've learned some valuable lessons for your first two hundreds and you know <laughs> absolutely yeah so so when so when uh ha, ha, so since then you know what races have you done so so a month after that DNF I did a twenty four hour on a around a one mile loop. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So that was my, well, and then a week after that 24 hour on one mile loop, I did a trail marathon. And, uh, so those were the five races. So it was the two fifties, the DNF, a 24 hour, and then a marathon. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was rough. Um, the marathon <laughs> was really hard. I did that. I flew out to Austin, did that with my, my buddy, Sean Livingston, who I've posted about a few times. Um, man, you need to get him on here. Um, but who's that Sean Livingston? He's a, uh, oh, we're he's a recovering addict. Who's, he's got a really cool story. Um, he, right. He, he does, he does all the ultras and everything. He's just an awesome guy. Um, but sorry, I uh, so I did the 24 hour one mile loop. I did 87 miles there. That was rough because that was a week after the DNF or a month after the DNF, and I was hurting. Um, and then the marathon was really tough because I was that was a, a week after the 24 hour one. So I, I haven't raced since last May. So over it's been over a year okay. now. Um, gotcha. Yeah, still trying to recover from those four months. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, unfortunately i walked away from those with a couple injuries that i'm i'm still working on i've been running and stuff but uh i gotta i gotta be a little more patient which i think you know one of the most valuable lessons i learned with stacking those races like that was just to to really like slow down with it you know i like i do want to be a, a great ultra runner you know whether that means you yeah. know FATs or backyard ultras whatever it might be i don't know that i've determined that yet but 
I got to slow down a little bit. I'm only 25, so I, I have time. Um, and yeah. I didn't feel that way. I feel like I had to squeeze all these races in. So uh, I haven't raced in over a year, but just trying to, you know, bulletproof the body a little bit better and be a little more patient with it. Yeah, man, I tell you, th- there's there's something to be said for for longevity and 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 that that just building and and the the time you put in, you know, in the years. And and I'm a firm believer, uh, you know, people that have listened that listen to the podcast know that I, I believe in in cross training and and doing what it takes. And like you said earlier, doing you did lunges and stuff before your first one. I mean, those things are it's just good to be, you know, you just be strong goggins you know <laughs> yeah absolutely and so 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 man that's that's wise to, to do that because you want to be um you want to be racing when you I'm, I'm about to be 46 so you know that's awesome um, that's what that's what i'm saying i'm trying to be like you <laughs> <laughs> well i wish i'd have started younger you know uh yeah, you got too. such an opportunity <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you've got such an opportunity, though, you know, and, and, and you know, that's good. You're catching that mindset and, and just just you can plug away at it. And that's what's beautiful. One of the beautiful things about our sport is, man, there's some you look at uh, Jeff Browning, man, Bronco Billy. That yep. sucker is killing it. And yeah. and he's older than me. You know, that's what um, I'm saying. Yeah, I'm trying to be like you guys, man, like longevity. So I got to I'm just taking being a little more patient with it, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So, so you 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 drank the Kool Aid, man, and and you you uh, you're taking a break right now. But so the the reason the things I started seeing from you were um these posts from from an account and uh called called Wicked Trail Running, and so uh tell me a little bit about about that and how it was born and and you know just give me the lowdown on 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 with the Wicked Trail. <laughs> yeah, so Wicked Trail it uh. It started as just kind of like a creative outlet. Um, I like to write. I like to come up with ideas. And I, you know, I thought of this phrase, like a couple phrases. The first one was uh, like, go farther so you can go further. And it's it's kind of a weird phrase because you can switch those around. It technically means the same thing. But farther, the word farther with an A is usually interpreted as a physical distance where further is kind of a metaphorical distance. So I just, you know, had this little mantra, go farther so you can go further. When you, you know, when you push your body over more miles, your mind grows exponentially. Mm. Um, I like it. So when I, <laughs> I like yeah, I mean, I figured I'd put it on a shirt and uh, start a little Instagram account. So it was really just like a creative outlet. I love to write. Um, part of that came from Wicked Trail, but it was there before it too. Um so really, you know, the account started as just creative writing for ultra runners with kind of a unique spin on these uh, ideas um, or other ideas that people have put out there, just putting a, you know, a unique spin on them. Um, and people seem to like it. People relate to it. It's fun. It's enjoyable. But uh, yeah, it's kind of just like a creative writing outlet then that these mantras then end up on some gear, which is good gear. Yeah. That that that's that's awesome. And and that's what, you know, caught me, caught my eye because there were things, you know, the sayings that I could I could relate to, you know, um, you know, go farther so you can go further. And yep. and uh, com- comfort is a lie. You yeah, know? That's a big one. Um, Everyone loves that. <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, uh, t- tell me, give me give me your take. I mean, folks, you know, people can can definitely i'll put the link to uh, um to the instagram so people can find it in the web page so people can find it and read up more on it but but tell me tell me you know what does that mean comfort is a lie 
so our, you know, our whole human existence, especially, you know, in America and just in Western culture is this, you know, obsession with comfort. And, mm-hmm. and it's not, it's not something that you can really separate yourself from. Um, but I think it's very prevalent in the messages that are, you know, pushed to us from, uh, different brands and different, uh, you know, influencers or things about a way we should live our life that is centered on, um, kind of a separation from like sensation, um, whether that's through a plush couch or a big screen TV or drugs or alcohol, Mm. um, all of those things are really, you know, dulling your senses. And I think discomfort is one of the most powerful senses that we have. And when you align with those, uh, those soft messages or those, you know, soft materialistic desires and you allow yourself to become possessed by them, Mm. you actually are like missing out on life. Um, so those comfortable things, it's a lie. It's not setting you up for success. It's Mm. not driving you toward, you know, some future you standing on some you know mountain of accomplishment it's complete it's a complete regression of of your mind when you allow yourself to uh fall into those things so that's what comfort is a lie is you know mm-hmm. there is a future you out there standing on some mountain of accomplishment and whether or not you become that person is a decision and a lot of that has to do with the decisions you make surrounding comfort and discomfort mm-hmm. I, I, I like that, man. Uh, I, in fact, I just reposted something recently. I forgot who the quote was from, but it says the man on top of the mountain didn't fall there. Um, right. He climbed and, there. It wasn't fun. Exactly. Exactly. Um, think about this, man. And, and I use this, you know, um, I, I mean, just sharing, talking with people, you know, just think if, if everything was was comfortable, if we never had conflict, if we never had to put I mean, we would be really weak and shallow people. Um, and I don't know about you, man. I don't want to be that. (laughs) No, absolutely not. And that's like a, there's just like the, the positivity movement and positivity is good, but you know, you gotta be real with yourself. It's, it's, it is worse to be weak than it is to be strong. You know, that's a fact in every area of life. It is better to be stronger. And comfort is a lie. It's not just, you know, physical, um, which Mm -hmm. obviously it's, you know, it's an ultra running brand, Wicked Trail. So it's obviously not just physical. It's a lot of mental. It's emotional. It's spiritual. It's, you know, it's your relationship with the world around you. You know, how are you how are you getting uncomfortable to the benefit of things outside yourself? Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a personal testimony to the journey that you're on. But, you know, use those those ideals that you're, you know, putting out there into the world to, to better the world around you. Mm. Uh, have, have you read And this is, I'm trying to, I'm trying to put this together in my head. So I'm fleshing this out while we're recording, but yeah. You're good. But yeah. So, so, um, think, I mean, have you read Barn to Run? I think I have, you know, I've, I've read a few of those. So I'm kind okay. of wondering if I have, I have it. I know I own it, but I, okay. So I think I have, yeah. <laughs> well, one, one, okay. <laughs> so one of the one of the um, the tenets of it 
uh, is uh, about like while you're while you're running, um, just just uh, you know, it's, and it's using the the term of people and how they they were just smiled and happy and and when they're running, and so there's that there's that positivity, you know, and I I I, I preach this a lot, man. Like you know, I tell people, especially newer runners, like when you get to an aid station and tell people thank you. Uh, for being there, ask them how they're doing and just be, be positive. And, and there's, there's something about that, that, that feeds you. And, um, but I guess, you know, even, even embracing the suck, you know, the hurt, Absolutely. it's, it's yeah. you, you're being positive that, Hey, this, this is, I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of a, I don't know. It, it almost seems like an oxymoron because you're, you're not comfortable, but you're, you lean into it, you know, and you're, you're, being positive about the future you you're creating and that you're going to get it done. And, you know, so, um, anyway, it's, it's, I, I love it. You know, <laughs> I just, I, um, do you on, on your runs, on your long training runs and during these races, um, do you, I mean, you're, you're a thinker, you're a writer. Do you use that time to flesh some of these things out? I think I do. Um, I'm also pretty good at not thinking like I can go pretty blank, which is cool. Um, (laughs) it's useful during things like that, but yeah, I mean, I don't, don't, yeah, I don't like listen to music or anything when I'm, you know, running or even during races, I've never listened to music because it's, it's like a time for me to, you know, to reflect on this, this simple motion of running and, you know, what the, what that simple motion can mean for the rest of my life. Right. Um, and I'm definitely not against using headphones during stuff like that, but it almost to me feels like a little bit of a cop out, you know? And I think something you said to me before was, um, maximizing your time with podcasts and stuff. And I'm definitely for that. So, you know, here and there I will, but yeah, I want to know, I want to, I want to see where my mind goes when it's just, just oh, hey, I think- in the sky and the trees and the pavement and my steps, you know, where does my mind go and, and how can I learn to, to reset that to a place where I am, you know, in control of my emotions. Yeah. I tell you, it's, it's, it's crazy. And people, um, people don't, um, and people ask the same, you know, people ask you, what do you listen to? And I listen to, you know, usually when I'm training, I'll listen to podcasts and stuff, but I've done, you know, I've done hundred milers where I haven't listened to anything, you know, just, just like you said, just, just being in the moment. And I'm pretty good at going blank too. So you're not the only one I can yeah. just, just, get in the zone and go. But, um, but I do a lot of life processing too, you know, um, it's valuable time, you know, to just process, you know, where I am, where I'm going, what I'm extremely. Yeah. Even, uh, during burning river, you know, 29 hours, 51 minutes and 47 seconds. I think it was, it's burned into my mind. Um, (laughs) even during that, you know, I never even like I never thought of music or like a podcast or anything. It just never, I'm sure I thought of it because like, duh, like you're out there for 20 <laughs> hours, but it never occurred to me to do something like that. You know, I wanted, I didn't want to numb it. You know, I wanted to get the full experience and to get the full experience. I think sometimes you gotta, you gotta let yourself hurt really bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, and I've had those where I, I, I embrace the experience and then I've, I've listened to a whole audible book <laughs> during a race before. So it's, places. <laughs> I mean, that's maximizing your time right there for sure. Yeah. 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 What'd you do this weekend? I ran a hundred miles and I listened to a book. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, um, 
so man, so um, yeah, so so uh, you know, with with Wicked Trail, you you use you know you you have this outlet you know for for some of these things that you're thinking and and processing, and so I just encourage everybody to go you know check it out um, you know, and it, it's good stuff. Like you said, it lo- it looks like uh, it's it's good quality gear from 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 everything I've seen and heard. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a, that's good stuff. Yeah, I want people to check that stuff out. So. So you, you've taken time off, man. So what is your, you know, what do you envision uh, you're back to? Well, right now it's hard to for anybody to envision being back to racing. Yeah. But what do you what are you thinking, man? You know, I really I really like road races, which is funny because it's Wicked Trail running. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, you know, Wicked Trail in that regard, that was never that actually never was meant to be about like single track. That was more like the path that you're on, the the dark twisting you know gnarled track that you're on uh Mm. a lot of bad stuff can happen there and you know you coming out of that you can really become a much better person through it but uh um i really like road racing and i really like the 24-hour formats so i kind of want to yeah go in that direction for a little bit but you know i love i love adventure in the mountains and trails so i don't you know i don't really know yet um i'm i think my first race back will probably be a 24 hour because it's like it's so they're they're usually less expensive they're more accessible for like a crew and things like that and they're just fun i really enjoyed that one i did um and i really want to get like over 100 miles in one of those um like a solid number over 100 i'm not going to put anything out there but uh (laughs) i uh, (laughs) got some goals and in different kind of formats of races um that i want to do i would love to uh i mean i would love to do bad water one day i'm not i'm not tied to anything right now though um yeah so i think i haven't done building a resume so yeah i was just like building a mental resume that you know those goals that rise up in the future i'll be able to uh go after them nice yeah and and you know one of the things about i i haven't done a, a 24-hour track race um and, fun, and I, <laughs> I, yeah eventually eventually i'm, I'm sure i'm going to jump in and, and do it but that's that's a mental exercise right there because you know you've got to you got to keep running man you got to stay on the hamster yeah. wheel you know uh, and you can stop at any time you know it's right Anytime there you, so that one that one they let you go home if you want to come back that was uh <laughs> i think I think one of the most practical things I've ever learned during a race came from that because I, I took a nap and I thought once I woke up from that nap that I was going to be like a stiff, miserable zombie. But I w- it was a very warm nap. I had like good blankets on me and I woke up and I felt like a million dollars. So yeah, that was that- like extremely useful for me in the future, um, knowing that if you if you nap warm, your muscles will stay warm and you'll be OK when you wake up. I think I'm not a. I don't know for sure. I'm just guessing that's what happened because I felt great. My legs were loose. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the only time I've, I've really napped, uh, was going to fall off. Didn't. And, and, uh, but I've learned that you got to factor that in sometimes. So, Hey, any, any chance that you, when you're building your, your mental resume, you, you, you got a 200 in you in the future. I want, have you done a 200 yet? I know you're, I know you're signed up. Yeah, I did. I did uh, in 2018. I did the Tahoe 200. Yeah. Okay, I thought so. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I, w- I would do one tomorrow if I was healthy, but uh, yeah. I think I want to. Yeah. I think I want to get a little bit faster at shorter distances first. Um, yeah. I do. I I do value speed a little bit just because I, you know, I think it's enjoyable to run, and so I think I want to get a little bit faster at shorter distances first. However, 
there's more 200s popping up and they're really attractive. Um, yeah. The one that they're doing out in Arizona, I forget what it's called, but that one looked really cool. That's like a 250. Um, but so I think probably not yet, maybe, you know, five, 10 years down. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. That's good. It's crazy how many have started popping up everywhere. Um, and, uh, but it's, it's the next challenge, you know? So, yeah, for yeah. real. Yeah. And then you got Courtney right now is running 500 miles on the Colorado trail. Everybody's busting yeah. FK2, <laughs> yeah. tearing FKTs up right and, right and left. <laughs> so. That stuff's cool too. I was gonna, um, I was kind of getting healthier and I was going to do like a 50 mile loop here in Raleigh. It's like a big greenway loop. Um, mm-hmm. but it just didn't work out with some of my, issues right now um yeah but i you know i'm attracted to those too i think that stuff's really cool it's very adventurous it's uh it's another mind game because you're alone out there you know yeah yeah well man what um so we i, I know what shoes you wear you're a believer in ultra um what yeah. what other equipment what other equipment have you used man as far as packs um and, uh, and watches I, and stuff yeah i i, I use a chorus watch um, okay I'm a big fan of their stuff. I haven't had it that long, but I love it so far. Yeah. Um, Nathan Vapor Crar, that's the pack I usually use. Yeah. Um, hat, Ooh. Wicked Trail, of course. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> um, I'm a big and gingy socks guy. Uh, yeah. Trail Toes is like this. I don't I don't really know how big Trail Toes is because I've seen it at oddly big places, but it has a small town feel to it. So I use Trail Toes, which is a pretty good product. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I keep, I mean, I keep it pretty simple. Yeah. What do you, what did you find? Uh, I know you've been off a little bit, but, um, you know, for a while, but for your races, did you find, um, as far as nutrition, what, what worked for you? I don't know yet. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know what, Uh, not eating like crazy the night before. We know that didn't. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So now, now I do Chipotle the night before because it's simple. I'm vegan, so I don't eat meat. So I, Chipotle works great for me. Um, but, uh, during that 50 mile race, I did pretty well at the 8:21. I was uh, I was drinking a lot of like cold pressed beet juice during it. Huh. Yeah. Supposed to have like uh, like circulation benefits. I don't know. So I I love doing like cold pressed juices during. The problem is it's like super expensive, and then you got to keep them yeah. cold. <laughs> yeah. Um. But. So I like to keep it simple. Chipotle, I did at the 24-hour race. I had someone go picking up Chipotle. So, like, that's just, like, simple rice beans, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I try to keep it simple. Uh, I don't drink, like, coffee or anything either, so I never do that overnight. Um, usually places don't really have, like, soup without meat or dairy in them, so that stuff's hard to come by. So a lot of, like, fruit, some vegetables, just keeping it pretty simple. I mean, I do, like, pretzels and stuff too, but – yeah. Honestly, I don't really have it down yet. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. I mean, I, and and what's crazy is when you get it down, uh, your stomach will decide to change on you after a few races, and you got to figure out something else. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been my experience. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, so how have you been? Uh, how long have you been vegan? Just curious. I didn't realize uh, you were. Like, let me think. Probably like over over two years now. Um, okay. I used to dabble back after races just for like better tasting stuff, but I don't anymore. Um, yeah. yeah, that was a, uh, that was a pretty big change. I used to be a big, like chicken wings, guy, <laughs> burgers, stuff like that. But I just, uh, I was drawn to the, to the value of it. And, uh, 
so far i love it yeah so i've been yeah been like vegan for over two years i haven't drank in like a year and a half nice. uh, so yeah just trying to you know yeah keep it clean do, yeah keep it clean be a little more awake i guess yeah do you um do you supplement with uh protein or anything like that like pea protein or something no i have i mean i have a jug in there i don't really use it though i have in the past but uh I haven't really, I haven't seen, especially when I was like training, I didn't really see any uh, deficiencies from not using stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was just curious because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more on the um, fat adapted side and, right which, and, and I, and I have done, um, you know, I've done pretty strict keto and I've done times where I've eaten only, you know, I've done like a, I call it a, a Daniel from the Bible fast for a week where I've just eaten mostly raw vegetables and stuff, Yeah. you know, and going through these, these phases. But I think for the longest time now, I've been more kind of almost keto paleo fat adapted type. And, um, that seems to Man, work pretty I, good. I tried to find a, uh, fat adapted vegan diet, but it was yeah. a little expensive and weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially yeah. after what's his name did that hundred miles with no, uh, no calories. I was like, dang. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, you said something about juice. So Mike McKnight, he's, he's, he's a uh, keto, he's fat adapted. Well, when he did the triple crown, um, I was talking to, uh, well, I, I talked with him, uh, but I was, I also talked to some of his crew and stuff and he drank a lot of juices, um, you know, cause the whole no, thing I'm with telling you, man, those things were a secret weapon for me. I, I felt great. They were I mean, I'm, like, not like, you know, uh, like, uh, sunny D and stuff, but like, it's yeah. like, I think that stuff yeah. can be good for you. I mean, it's getting nutrients in your body fast. Yeah. I need, I need to explore that a little bit, man. And, um, cause, cause that's, that's, I like, I like natural. I like, I like that kind of stuff. So I need to, I need to check that out, you know, get some good juices going, you know, along yeah, with trust some cold pressed juices, man. They're, they taste good too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot better. I, I'm, I, you know, I do certain, certain kind of, um, honey stinger, uh, honey, cause it's honey. It's kind of natural, but man, I, I don't do a whole lot of gels anymore because those things are whew, they, they wreck you, man. I mean, it's just that's just sugar and sexy packaging. And I, I mean, I use them here and there, but like, yeah, you don't need to use those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 efficient sometimes and and all right. that, but sometimes yeah. the gut bomb is ugh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anna. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. If if my stomach lets me, that's that's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that uh. Stop not eating meat and dairy and stuff. That was like one of the biggest things. And I don't, you know, I think had I not gotten into ultra running, I wouldn't have gone that route. Um, it started out as like a performance thing. I saw someone, you know, talking about it and thought I would try it out. And just, you know, the overall feeling of it, I just, I feel great. But uh, that and then uh, not drinking too with ultra running, you know, I just kind of developed this uh, this desire to just, you know, have like sensation all the time you know not be dulled and mm. um with like you know drinking and drugs and things like that it's just like removing sensation from the equation for a short period of time and like i don't know ultra running gave me this thing where like i didn't want that um yeah and i'm not against drinking i love red wine i just i haven't done it in a year and a half and i don't know that i'll go back uh mm. and then uh i don't own a car i sold my car like two years ago also just to try that oh, out wow yeah Wow. So you just, you just run, you commute bike or what do you do? Yeah, I got a pretty nice bike. So I'll use that. I do. I didn't, uh, I started walking to work a good bit. It's only like, uh, like to go both ways. It's like seven miles or like seven and a quarter. Um, okay. 
So I started doing that, like carrying a kettlebell and things like that. But uh, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, and that was, uh, that came from, uh, uh, you know, Tommy Rives and everything. And he had a, uh, he had a couple posts a long time ago that I saved and he just talked about the value of, you know, creating a fitness and wellness centered life where it's not like a, it's not like something you got to do when you get home. It's something you do because you're going to work or because you're going to get food. You know, it's like with this walking and biking, it's just like, it's brought a lot of value to my life. Um, so I, you know, I'm thinking, so uh, we've got like a pretty nice blog on wicked trail and I'm thinking about putting together a post trying to encourage people to get rid of their cars. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of ultra runners do that. Kyle, uh, Kyle Piatari. Uh, I, th- I think, I think that's his last name. I don't remember. He's an ultra guy. Uh, he, he's, he's an attorney and he, he run commutes to work like seven yeah. miles or six miles one way. You know, it's like, yeah, it's cool. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I, I looked at my life and I was like, do I really need a car? And I I couldn't convince myself that I needed one. So I thought I would give it a try. And I mean, I love it. That's it's just awesome. like one less thing to worry about, too. A car sitting outside. <laughs> man, I, yeah, man, I tell you, um, simple is good. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a, I like to be a simple, streamlined, efficient. Yeah, man. The, the older I get, the more I like simple. Yeah. So yeah. I think, you know, I think that those three things, just like the getting rid of drinking and certain foods and getting rid of my car, I think those are like three of the most like tangible like gifts that ultra running has given me, um, mm. which I think it's cool to find stuff like that. You know, how we're, you know, it actually changes your life in a way like that. And I don't think a lot of hobbies can do that for a person. Um, so putting I mean, one I, foot at putting one foot in front of the other for long distances, cha- you know, change, change significant aspects of your life. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's uh, it's, you know, I tell everyone you should do it just once in your life, sign up for an ultra and train for it and do it. Cause anyone can do it. Yeah. Well, I, 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 yeah. You say that, say that again. Anyone can do it, right? Anyone can do it. It's not. All right. <laughs> yeah because i people all the time i can never do that and i always say yes you could you just gotta want yes, it you, you gotta you gotta put the time in you can you do it the value in it yeah 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 that's awesome man well so so for for that but besides anyone can do it man so somebody that's out there they're deciding to train for their first race um they're thinking about getting into ultra running they've dabbled or whatever what kind of encouragement would you give them because they they hear a lot of us talk about the hurt and the pain and everything else but that's part of it but what kind of encouragement would you give them yeah i would say that there is a a ton of value hidden underneath those, those simple actions. And I kind of touched on this earlier. Um, but like there is value to separating yourself from normalcy, um, which, you know, I would almost call complacency just like that, like going through life without these like scary goals, you know, when you, if you make that decision to go down that road, um, the value you're going to find at that finish line is immense. Um, I often call it in our, you know, in our content and in our Instagram and blog posts, I call it the taller peak. You know, you, you summit that mountain, you cross that finish line and you look out across, you know, the valley of, you know, all these things you just overcame and all you can see in the distance is a taller peak. It's this idea of what else am I capable of? What can I do next? And you, there's, 
you know, not every goal gives you that view, you know, I mean, there's, you know, it's great to have smaller goals too, but if you're not going to, you know, when you commit to something massive and scary like that, a 50 mile race, hundred mile race beyond, um, you are, you are setting yourself up for massive success later on. Um, because all of a sudden, like, you know, life is not so hard anymore and, uh, things are not so bad. And when things are bad, um, you know, you have the strength to overcome those. So, you know, and you can talk about that, but I think until you cross that finish line, you, I don't, I don't know if you really know what that means, you know, on that level, there's other, you know, sports of course that have massive challenges that, you know, give you that view of that taller peak. But if running's your thing, man, I mean, like a marathon's awesome, but like, yeah, I don't, you know, and this isn't the same for everyone, but you don't really suffer in a marathon, right? And the value you get out of that suffering for that longer race is is extremely valuable. So, like, my encouragement would be, you know, you're going to find that taller peak, and that is just there's, it's invaluable. Man, that's 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 perfect. That's a perfect way uh, to end this, and I hope uh, hope everyone is is encouraged to to go out and try, um, man try to find that higher peak man um george thanks for being on the podcast man and um looking forward i hope you get to to racing soon and uh looking forward to just seeing what wicked trail has got man yeah right on